So this is week two of our, of our, um, of our series of thought. Uh, last week we were looking at forgetting those things that have gone behind. And um, that moment of doing communion, just to really bring the power of God, the power of his blood, to deal with our past, to deal with those areas of our life that we perhaps struggled with for years and years, or areas of our life that we've just fallen into stuff. And we, we just brought the power of God into being in that moment. And, and I know a number of people have said how powerful that was for them at that moment. And I trust that, that you know, for some, that's a journey. It, it started last Sunday, but it's a journey of dealing with stuff. Because we are a three-part being, we are a tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. Um, our spirit is perfect before God. That's wonderful to know, isn't it? You know, as he was, so are we in this world. That's the spirit of who we are. It is blameless. It is spotless. It is redeemed. It is like him on this earth. But our soul is a different matter altogether. <laughs> and we're constantly dealing with our soul. We have good moments and we have bad moments. We fall flat on our face. Um, we have thoughts that we don't think we should really have. And our soul is an area that we're constantly trying to gain control of, see transformation, and grow and mature in our life with God. But we have to constantly deal with the soul. Everyone know that feeling? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm pleased you're all on board. And then we have a body, uh, which is actually our earth suit. If you went to the moon, you would be in a space suit. Whilst we're on the earth, we walk around in an earth suit. Um, it is just an outer tent, as Paul said. Um, it will be done away with one day. It would either go into the ground or it would be raptured. But when it gets raptured, it is then glorified. Um, and it becomes... Oh, when, when those aches and pains you look at right now and those moments you forget things, all of that is redeemed. So we are saved, our spirit. We are being saved, our soul. And we will be saved, our body, when we go to be with the Lord. Amen? Fantastic. That's a good start. So forgetting those things that have gone behind, those issues, and that may be an ongoing process for the rest of our life. We're dealing with issues, but we know that we can put them behind us because of the power of Jesus' blood over our life. But then the second part of that is, and we press forward. It's not a case that we always live from regret and we always look at the past and we're always dealing with what's gone. Actually, the Bible says, forget those things, now move on. You know, deal with them correctly. Don't just brush them under the carpet and every now and again that comes out to haunt you, which for some it does. For others, it's just a horrible reminder. For others, it's like, oh, I wish that thing would just be dealt with. But it says, now press. Now move forward into what God has next for you. And that really is where we're going to today. It's about where we go next, what we now build into our life, how we can now move forward when the things of the past have been dealt with and we know that they have. I want to encourage you as a Christian, as a Christian family, as a Christian couple, if you're here and you're a single person, as a Christian, that you look at your life, you know, we've just sung an incredible song, that I will make room for you. Come on, is that, was that just a lovely song that we sang this morning? Or is that a commitment at the beginning of 2024? I'm going to make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Come on, that, that's a really, we've just sung it. 
uh, I love that song, but actually how, much of it, how many of us really meant the words? I'm just reminding you now of the song that you just sung. It sounded lovely. I'm sure you meant it as you worshipped, but what about when you walk out the door? What about your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? What, what, what does that mean for our everyday life? I will make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Is that just on Sundays? Or is that, is that Monday and Tuesday when the, the boss is, is giving you a hard time and all of a sudden you say, Lord, I want to make room for you. Lord, allow that grace that is in my life to be over this situation. Or, or actually, you know, otherwise, you may just want to bop in between the eyes. It's that difficult. I want to make room for you, Lord. Rather than letting the flesh get in the way. I love this quote, and I think it's a really powerful quote. God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. God will meet you where you are. Where are you right now? If you could do a scale of 1 to 10, you know, in your spiritual pursuit and hunger for God, where would you be on the rung of the ladder? 10 steps. Number 10, you're, you're almost in heaven like Enoch. He walked with God and was not because he was so close to God. Or you're down on the bottom one thinking, if I go back down one more step, where will I go? Come on, where, only you can judge where you feel you are in your walk and relationship with God. Where are you in this journey? Now, if we could be really honest and put your score up on the screen, I wonder if you would go up or down. Because <laughs> we, can, we can betray ourselves of where we think we are. And then what is actually true of us could be very different. So this quote again, God will meet you where you're in, where you are, in order to take you where he wants you to go. That to me is key to everything. Where does God want to take me? Where, what does he want to do in me? What does he want to do through me? How can God, how can I make room for him to flow from my life more and more? Because this isn't just about me on the platform and us as a worship team on the platform. Us as a worship team. I love the way I include me in that. It, it's about everyone. He wants to take your life. He wants to take you on a journey to where he wants to take you. But it will take submission to get there. Not my will, not my desire, but yours be done. I want to read this scripture. This is where we were last week. Uh, Philippians 3.13 says this. It should be on the big screen. If you've got a Bible, feel free to use it. Um, this one now is getting a little bit too... Um, slight. It's a really big Bible, but the letters aren't. <laughs> or they were one, one time, but they're not quite so good now. Anyway, here we go. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Now, come on, there's honesty for you. The Apostle Paul is being honest. I don't count myself to have apprehended. In other words, he's saying, I've not got there. I've not made it. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. I, I, I don't feel I've got to the place where God has got for me right now. I don't feel like I have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things that have gone behind, and reaching forward for those things 
that are ahead. I may not have got everything together, but I know this. I'm going to forget what's gone behind. I'm going to forget 2023. I'm going to forget what happened to me when I was seven. I'm going to forget whatever, whatever, whatever. But this one thing I do, I'm going to reach for what's next. I'm reaching for what you have for us. For you, Carlos and Nettie. Carlos and Nettie, yes. <laughs> That's a relief, isn't it? <laughs> what does God have in your next? What has he got planned that you've not seen right now that in 2024 is the preparation for something in 2025? I'm not saying this is prophetic, but I'm saying what has God got next? Don't miss it. Because I believe that there are things that are happening in our world and our lives that God is setting up. Just like with um, Ruth. No, Esther. Help me. There were, things, <laughs> there were things laid up for her. And she stepped into them. Ruth. Boaz, Ruth. Ruth is Ruth. There we go. So the, the Bible clearly says that there were heapfuls or bundles of things that Boaz left for her to find on purpose. She didn't know that they were there. God, God is just like that in our lives. He, he positions things in the journey of our life that we don't know they're there, but we suddenly stumble upon them, but he had already planned them from beginning of ages. And I absolutely believe that for our lives. Every one of us, there's, there's a scripture, um, I can't remember, I think it's in the Psalms, and it says um, that the favor of the Lord surrounds us like as, or as a shield. That word there is, is like uh, Velcro. I haven't got anything Velcro-y. Oh, I have in my bag. It's like Velcro. The shield around your life is is like a Velcro. It clings on to the favor of God and brings it close. Goodness and mercy shall what? <laughs> so if there's goodness and mercy, the favor of the Lord surrounds me as with a shield, and he has laid forth for us heapfuls of things that we will find we have got an incredible life when we walk in the path that he has for our lives. It's when we do things our way that we suddenly bypass what would have been the blessing of the Lord. But he, by his grace, gradually brings us back on that path. We may have missed that part of the blessing, but there's still heap falls in front. And he knows how to get that which was gone past us before us again. He knows how to turn all things around for our good. Isn't that good news? Because when you go through rough times, you begin to wonder, will anything ever turn for my good? Will anything ever turn out right for me? Has anyone ever been there? And you think, why is it always me? Well, the good thing is, look around the room, there are other people who are also going through stuff but God knows how to turn stuff around for good. Just think of a horse manure. All right? Horse manure comes out of the back end of a horse. Smells, rubbish, dung. But you put it around your roses, it makes your roses look good. 
All right, God knows how to turn rubbish around for good. Amen? Okay. So anyway, back to the scripture. Forgetting those things that have gone behind and reaching forward for those things that were ahead. I press. It didn't say, oh, it all comes to me nice and easy. We all want this to land on our plate in a nice, easy way, don't we? Oh, I'm a Christian now. My life is all going to be great and easy. And it, uh, Come on, that's, that's not how it is, is it? Everything's going to work out nicely. It's all going to be smelling roses in the garden. No, sometimes you land in the manure before you find the roses. I press towards the goal. Come on. Oh, come on, Jody. Let's have you... I'm going to pick you. Come here, Jody. Come here. I'm just picking on you because I'm picking on you today. If you would stand there for me, I'll take hold of the furniture. Right, get into a position. That's it. Okay. Don't press too hard. Okay. We as Christians like to go like this. No gentle now. We as Christians think we as Christians think it's gonna be nice and easy. Go backwards. Well, you've, nice got, and... you've got big muscles, Jeff. We would like life to be like that. Sometimes though it's more come on and now go for it. Hang on. I should have given two other people. Go on and go for it. Go on. Dodgy leg. I got, I got a dodgy leg. Right, I'll sit down. You carry on. Oh, praise the Lord. So aptly demonstrated, life can be tough. I, th- I think I now need to go to the hospital again. The leg is swollen, swelling. Anyway, I pressed towards the goal for the prize. I didn't get very far, did I really? The opposition was too bad. I should have chosen somebody. (laughs) Someone a little bit smaller. Anyway, I pressed towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Come on, we're not pushing for a prize that is just uh, a pat on the back from Dave or a, a smile from Stevie. You know, Stevie's just brilliant. She always gives, not pat, literally a pat on the back, but she's, she's such an encourager, such a, you know, thank you so much. You know, it's just wonderful. But, but that, I, I thrive on encouragement. Yeah, thank you. But actually, it's, the prize is God. Yeah. The upward prize of God's call upon our lives You've got to press into it. If you don't press, <laughs> you're either going to be stuck where you are, and we all know what that feels like, surely. We know what it's like. Oh, onward Christian soldiers, well, I just feel like I'm going backwards. Or we're pressing, but we're not getting any further. But actually, we have got to press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. And I want to show you that this isn't just for me or for the spiritual or for the leaders. This is for every single one of us in this room. And he says this in the next verse. Therefore, let us 
As many are as mature. Now, you may say you're not mature, but this is what he's saying. As many of you that are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. He is including everyone in this. You've got to press. You've got to push. You've got to stand. Because that's all part of the journey. Sometimes you just need to stand and hold. Tug of war. Sometimes you just dig your foot in and you hold. Hold. And they're shouting, hold, hold. Pull. And then they just they dig in. And then they put their foot down. They dig in. And they pull. And then they go again. It's the same principle. We're not pulling. We're pushing. And we're pressing. And we're going for God in our life. That, what a transformation it would make in all our lives. For some in the room to press into worship, where you become free. I, I, I might, like I've told you before, my first ever preach was 22 minutes, 18 pages of A4 paper. I read every word. It was on joy. I was speaking about lifting your hands. I didn't do. Clapping, I didn't do. Jumping for joy in the presence of God, I didn't do. But that was all in my heart, and it was all about to come out as God led me and set me free. For you, for you in the press of your life, maybe I want to be so free in worship that I can express my heart without hindrance, without embarrassment, without timidity, just elevating him for who he is. What a beautiful... For others in the room... It may be so, uh, uh, for others in the room, it may be a case of just going for him and saying, I'm, I'm all out. Your will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to everybody I see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proclaim the gospel. I'm going to just get the word of God out there. The good news. This world needs some good news, doesn't it? Yeah. Guess who holds it? <laughs> we have good news to share with the world around us. God is working on yours and my life. Just like Paul said here, forgetting those things that have gone behind, I know you're working on me. I've not, I've not managed to get there just yet, but you're working on my life. But I'm going to press. I'm going to follow the plan of God for my life. And I just really, at the start of this year, 2024, I just really want to encourage us all what can 2024 be like compared to what 2023 was? And what would do it? What would change our journey? 2024, pressing forward, going deeper. Who wants them to have a deeper relationship with God? See, that's great. That's a good response. But it doesn't just happen. You press you say, okay, maybe, maybe for you to press would be, I'm going to start reading the Bible just that little bit more. I'm going to have a personal relationship with the author of this book. I'm going to, I'm going to have a reading plan that takes me through the Bible in a year. Whatever it is. See, that's pressing. We can say, oh, Lord, I just want a deeper relationship with you and do nothing to change. Actually, that's madness. To say, I want a deeper relationship, but I'm not going to change anything from what I did last year. If you want a deeper relationship, then you need to press in some form, in some way. Maybe that is to lift your hands in worship. Maybe that is to get your hands out of the pockets and just do it 
worship like that, I, I, whatever it is. But if you want to worship more passionately, you have to do something. If you want a deeper relationship with the author, you've got to read his book. If you want a better relationship with one another, uh, one of the sad things that I hear from time to time, not just in our congregation, but in churches around, is I feel so lonely, even in the midst of a busy church. Well, what are you going to do? You can't, you can't just say that and then not do anything about it. The key would be join a connect group. Find friends. He who wants friends must first show himself friendly. It's all about sowing and reaping. If you want, if you want more of God, you sow and you reap. You want more in the worship, you first sow and you reap. If you want more relationship, you first sow. Callie, you're a great example of friendship. You know, when, when Callie... F- Sorry, can I... When Callie first came into the church, he, he used to sit right in the middle, right at the back, just behind the pillar. I'd go up to Callie week after week. I'd forget his name. Uh, what's your name again? Oh, yeah. I'd just about get something, but I couldn't quite work out what he'd said. And, and it was like, oh, no, what, I'll, I'll probably see him again next week and forget what I've just asked him. And, and now it's, it's like revolution. Callie comes in on a Sunday. He probably goes around half the church greeting, saying, hello, how are you doing? How are you doing? And he's just, if you want friends, sitting at the back wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but now look at you. It's, it's that sowing first and then reaping the amazing benefits. And you are one of the greatest encouragers of, of connecting with people in the house. I love it. Absolutely love it. Anyway, I could go around the church and just pinpoint all of you because no one is left out. Not in God's life. Anyway, connect groups. Join one. Lead one. Start one. This is, this is 2024. We could do another year like 2023, but we can change it. I want to change it because I want to, I want to offer it to him. I want to, offer it, I want to offer everything that we do in church life. I want, I want it to be my offering or our offering or your offering. I want, to, I want us to be offering. Connect Group isn't just about a gathering together with a whole bunch of people having a nice time. It is our offering back to God saying, we're gathering in your name. We're offering it to you. It's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, I could digress. <laughs> Spiritual growth is not automatic. We must choose to change if we want to grow. It's, it's, it's there. You, can, it's, it's, you could say, oh, I just want to go to the gym and I want to I I work. I want some muscle. Thank you for encouraging <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but if I never go to the gym, I am never going to get the muscle. I'm just going to talk it. I, I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I used to be, I like, I used to be. I used, who wants to be a used to be? I want to be who I am today, who God's called me. And if I want to build spiritual muscle in my life, you get involved, you get connected. You give your life away for the things of God. It's how you develop maturity in the house of God. Romans 12.2 says this. 
And do not be conformed to this world. This, world, this, world's too busy. this world is too busy for God. It's too busy to add things to their life. It's too busy for, for coming to a worship practice. I'll tell you what, we've got a great worship team. But if you've got the ability to play an instrument, we want you. If you've got the ability to, to be with little children, or even if you don't like little children, we could do with you in kids' church. <laughs> We will do a DBS on you, but even if you don't like kids, we'll get you out there. We we, we, we could do with more people on hosting that have got smiles. We're happy for the ones that don't, but it's one of those mornings I'll get myself into a heap of trouble. The key is we want you to feel like this is your house, which is God's house, And being a part of God's house, even if I'm a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than spend it somewhere else for 10,000 years. Being a doorkeeper in God's house is such an honor. Very often we think, oh, they're on on the door or they're on the car park. (laughs) Bless them, they're only car parkers. Well, the car park gets really dodgy at times out there, doesn't it, Marius? (laughs) It's like, we could do, we could do, we could just, let's grow. Let's grow in the house of God. Amen? Let's find our place to make his house succeed. I look around at some churches and I'm thinking, if I could share some of the good-hearted people, but I think, but what would that do to that church? Or what would the church do to them? I'd sooner have everyone that's good in one place and that we're really strong and powerful than, and, than seeing what's going around in some places. And I think, come on, let the church arise and see God do incredible things. We can't be like the world. We have to live different, be different, by being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by allowing God's will be done. That's what, by the transforming of his mind, is, Lord, your will be done. How can I serve your house what do you want me to do? Do you want me to lead a connect group? I've never led, led one in my life, but Lord, if that's what you want, I will. Come on, let's just step out in 2024. Let's make it a new rule that we're going to stretch ourselves for the king and the kingdom. Why do we need a press in order to move forward? We need a press because moving forward is never easy. It's never easy to step out of the boat. Now, the moment that Peter stepped out of the boat, it was a journey of faith. We're called to be faith-filled people. We're called to do things by faith in our journey and in our life. And, and when Peter, Jesus said, Jesus said to Peter, come on then, if you, 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 you put me in a position where I can't back out. Yes, I am the Lord. Now come. Do you know what? The Lord wants you to step out of your boat, step out of your comfort zone, and step into something new in 2024. What will you step into? Because I'm talking to everyone, remember. What will you step into in 2024 that is new or different to 2023? Or are you just going to repeat another year? Come on, let's go deeper. Let's go stronger in him. We can all have the same issues. We don't have enough time. We have too many other distractions. There are too many things going on. If that's the case, then deal with those too many's so that you have room for him. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Now, um, 
Now, this was going to be a one-week message, but it might... Do I stop there? Have you had enough? No. Oh, you're so good. I'm so pleased you said that. There's a couple of examples in the Bible. <laughs> There's a few examples in the Bible of people who press through to see God's transformation in their life. First one is this, Luke 5, verse 1 through to 10. It says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I want you to notice there were multitudes who were listening to Jesus. Let's call this a multitude this morning, all right? He got into the boat and he was talking to the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? At your word, Lord, whatever you say, Lord, at your word, Lord, we will let down a net. Singular. <laughs> you know, it sounds great. Yes, whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. But he doesn't do what the Lord said. He said, let down your nets. And he said, yes, Lord, I will let down a net. I don't want to wash them all again. I don't want to do all that hard work. And basically, it was lip service rather than heart service. Um, and he said, so I'm launching out into the deep for a catch. But Simon answered, uh, we'll let down. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net, singular, was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come out and help them. And they came out, and they filled both boats. So much so that they began to sink. When Simon saw Peter, sorry, yeah, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. See, when Jesus does something, he can astonish us all. And when they called, uh, and, uh, and so they were, James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. In other words, Simon did a half-hearted job. And we can all look at our lives, I guess, at some point or another and say, yeah, we do some of what God's word says. Let down your net. And we let down a net. We, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel where we share our love for God with one or two a year or whatever it would be. We worship, but we worship sort of like that, rather than hearts abandoned. We read, but we read when we've got time, because today is a bit of a hurry. You know what I'm saying? We, we do, but we don't give our heart away. And here, Peter does exactly the same. I'm going to let down the net. But Jesus, by his grace and mercy, not only looks at Peter, but he looks at every single one in this room. And he says, regardless of whether you do things half-hearted or you do things in part, I can still transform your life. Isn't that amazing? 
You know, it, it, it's not in our, the proportion of what we live to him that he will do things for us. Is that, I know you're but wheat. I know you're a bit of a flower. You grow, you die, and you're blown away like the chaff. He knows our weaknesses, our strengths, but our strengths are like weaknesses in his sight. And he looks at our life and he says, it's by grace. It's by grace and it's by my mercy that you have anything, that you can do anything. And it takes all the pressure off of us. And then it is out of love that we worship. It is out of love that we read his word. It is out of love that we share the good news of the gospel. It's out of a love relationship rather than you must do kind of relationship. And then what happens with Peter is he falls down at his feet. And he says, depart from me. I've been in the presence of God who I've never caught so many fish in my life. I've never seen such a great hall where both boats are sinking. Depart from me. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And do you know what Jesus does? He looks him in the eye and says, Peter, no longer will you catch fish. Come follow me and you'll catch men. He changed the destiny of a fisherman with dirty, smelly fish. Who would want to be a fisherman? Oh, I love fishing. Anyway, don't get me on fishing, right? Who, who? Smelly, hard work, out all hours, day and night. He said, Peter, you're done with that. Come follow me, and I'm going to transform your life. Do you know what transformed his life so much that when it was time for Peter to die, he said, I'm not going to be crucified the same way my Lord and Savior was. You crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die in the same manner that he did. What is that? That is a man whose life was surrendered by an encounter with the living God. Come on. For you, for me. What do we need? What kind of an encounter? We, we encountered him at the cross. We encountered him at that moment of salvation where we recognized... I sinned, I made mistakes, I wasn't worthy of a relationship with God, but I realized he stepped into my world, changed my life, he stood in my place, he died for my sin, and now I have a relationship with him. I am, I am not what I was, I am a brand new man, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, I am now a son, an heir, I am I'm a son, a priest, a king unto God, I am who he says I am transformed to live out the purposes of God in this, our generation, in this culture where you've come to, to live, to abide, to bring up a family. This is your home. Let's see it change for the kingdom of God. Let's see the house of God. I've got another, have I got time? Yeah, I've got another time. got plenty of time. Feel free to get the kettle on. Uh, Polly put the kettle on. Okay, Mark 10 says this. Now he came to Jericho. Who? Jesus. Jesus came to Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, with a great multitude. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tinnemus, sat by the road begging. How many of us go through life blind? 
You could look at every illustration in the Bible. I just picked out three. I'm just going to do two, right? So you're aware. Bartimaeus, he's blind. He's sat by a road every day and he's begging. And sometimes our lives can feel a little bit like blind Bartimaeus. We don't, we don't see what God is doing because we just, we just see what's in front of us. We're dealing with the pressure, the problem, the heartache, the issue, whatever it may be. And we're just blinded by the fact that God is moving, but we're not seeing that happen. We can identify with blind Bartimaeus, even though we've got eyes. Do you know what? Blind people see more than what open-sighted people can because they perceive things, they they sense things, they're aware of things from a sense that we've never tapped into. Even though they can't see with their natural eye, they have a sense that is incredibly touched and touched into and and, and honed that is more powerful than open-sided people. And here it says this, he began to cry out. Why? Because he heard that Jesus was coming by his way. What is he doing? He's pressing. He's crying out. Do you know what? Sometimes it takes every, an individual to be honest and open and real before God. The difficulty is God already sees where you're at. He's just waiting for you to be honest and real before him. And here is blind Bartimaeus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David. Have mercy on me. What a moment this was in his life. Bartimaeus, he'd been there over year after year after year. He'd done the same things, positioned himself on the same road. He knew that it was a good place to get an income for, for providing in his life. But there came a moment in an encounter with Jesus. 2024 can be your encounter. 2024, George can be your encounter. This moment where you say, I surrender all. I surrender. I, I, it, goes, it goes on. Then, he, then they, uh, sorry, um, and he began to cry out and say, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. And many around him began to warn him and, and say to him, be quiet. Do you know, we all have people in our world that can cause us to feel like, we just have to be a bit quieter. I love the way David praised. You know, he just leapt around and became so undignified. But you know, his wife didn't, didn't favor that moment much. You know, how much more undignified are you going to be, David? Oh, as undignified as it takes. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be in our praise and worship? So undignified. But it's all about giving praise to him. Not about show, not about performance, not about, oh, that person must be so spiritual. Because we're, all our hearts and our eyes aren't focused on those around us. Our eyes are all focused on him. That's when worship, he inhabits the praises of his people. Anyway, Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus. Then they warned him to be quiet. There are people who will warn us and speak to us and put us down. And maybe that could be, maybe you're in a relationship and, and you feel that there's, you can't be as free as you'd want to be or you can't be as outspoken or you can't share scripture or you can't because there's just a difficulty within the relationship. Do you know what? That person could be the person in the crowd saying, oh, be quiet, be quiet, quiet and down. Don't, don't. You just need to break free. Bartimaeus was having none of it. He was in the press. He was determined to get his breakthrough. 
So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying, Oh, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. (laughs) And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. He removed the one thing that identified him as a beggar. His garment was a garment of a beggar. He said, I have no need of this anymore. And he threw it aside because he knew he was in the press to receive a life-changing moment from Jesus. What do you need to lay aside? What do you need to, I feel like Superman, what do you need to throw to the side and say, I don't need that in my life anymore? It could be sin. Come on, let's be real in the room. Could be a sin in your life, and you need to say, "Hey, this is this is this garment has I, this has, this has been a label in my life. I've labelled myself. It has labelled me, but I am throwing it off. I'm not going to be labelled or identified by my mistakes of my past or the sin that I'm in. I am going to remove it like the beggar's garment. Come on." Who in the room, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but who in the room needs to remove that sin like a garment so that you can truly be free in the presence of God? And it says here, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered him saying, what do you want me to do for you? If, you could, if Jesus could ask you that one question, what would you say to him today? Jesus is here. What would you want me to do for you? What an an amazing opportunity that is. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, in in Lazarus, uh, no, Bartimaeus' life, it was evident. And he turned around and says, The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight, that I may be free from that temptation, that I may be free from that addiction, I may be free from that pressure, that I may, whatever you got your garment, whatever that garment would be, Jesus is saying, what do you want? Do you really want to be free from pornography? Do you really want to be free from debt? Do you really want to be free from that thing that holds you? Do you, do you, have you got to that place where you want to be free? Because he's asking you that question today. Do you really want to? And then comes that moment and response. He threw off his garment. He threw it aside and said, I choose no longer to be identified as the beggar, but I'm going to walk and press towards Jesus. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He didn't say, oh, let the anointing just come upon you, brother. Oh, you've done so well in your step of faith. Now let me add to what you're doing. He didn't say any of that. He said, your faith has made you well. So often we put the onus on Jesus and he's saying, no, no. Because of your faith in me, be made whole. Go your way. Go free. Go loosed from that thing. He received his sight. And followed Jesus on the road. Isn't that beautiful? He didn't just receive, see, we've all received eternal life. Those that have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we've received eternal life. That's wonderful. And he says, go your way. 
No, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. We all have a choice. What we do with our life, where we go with our life, what we, where we want to go with him, what we want to do for him. His success and blessing is there in the pathway of our life. Are we going to be like a Peter and say, Father, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. I've made mistakes along the way. But I'm going to follow you and do the will of the Lord. Are we going to be like Bartimaeus and say, done with this. I'm done with that old life. I'm done with struggling in that same area over and over. Because I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. It comes in the press. I almost want to, oh, come on, Jody, come again. Because we can, we can get so stuck. And that is a great illustration. So we're back in the press. Come on down. <laughs> no, the other side, that leg's better. That leg's better. <laughs> that leg's better. Okay. This is where we are. We're stuck, we can't move what's in front of us. The pressure sometimes is too much and he takes us a little way. <laughs> but we submit to God, we resist the enemy, and we say, I'm going to press. It may be one step at a time, but we press. Press harder. No, not you, me. <laughs> Let's press harder in this journey. I want to pray because I believe last week, this week, very significant moments in, for many, many in this room. Because the word of God brings transformation. Firstly, you may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may not be walking with him. You may not have had a relationship with him. You may at some point, but you've just backslidden or you've drifted. We want to pray for you that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You reconnect your life to him and you move on in your journey. You press towards him. And then I want to pray for us all that we as a body of Christ would say, I'm, I'm done with 2023. That's old things have passed away. 2024 is going to be an incredible year where I'm going to press in to him and to his house. So let me just pray the first prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to pray it nice and loud. If you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want transformation like Peter experienced, this is the prayer to pray. He said, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. So let's pray this prayer. Father, I come to you today. And I thank you for what Jesus did for me. He died on a cross in my place. He took my sin. He took my mistakes. And I am so thankful. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I thank you. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer today, 
I'm going to ask you for a response. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. We have a Bible and some information. We'd love to give that to you. But you are responding to the greatest prayer you're ever praying. That's the prayer of salvation. So I'm going to count to three. If that's you, just pop up your hand, pop it back down. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer this morning, thank you. I see that hand at the back there. So anybody else in the room, you say, yeah, that's me. I prayed that prayer. I want relationship with God. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm going to count down from five. If that's you, feel free to respond. Five, four, three, two, one. Now I'm going to pray for us all. Father, I thank you for those things that have gone behind, they are in the past. We may not be able to do anything to change some things. We may not be able to deal with any of some of those issues. But Father, I thank you that they're in the past. They are under the blood. They are under your care. But Lord, what happens next in 2024? Lord, we do surrender our lives to you. And we say, here we are. Come and have your way in our lives. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth in our lives as it is already ordained in heaven. Father, change what needs to be changed. Lead us where we wouldn't have naturally gone, but your spirit is leading. And I pray, Father, that this year will be our best year we've ever known because we've committed it to you. Commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic.